You're listening to the Week Ahead podcast from Strong Towns, hosted by me, Rachel Quedno. This is your chance to catch up on the latest events and goings-on behind the scenes of the Strong Towns organization. Tune in every Monday for more updates. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Week Ahead podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, and my guest today is my colleague, Max. Max, welcome to the Strong Towns podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Is this your first time, I think? Yes, maybe? Yes, this is my first time on the podcast. Wow, okay. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about what you do at Strong Towns, maybe, and also what you've been up to in your life in general? Sure. Um, With Strong Towns, I'm the growth manager. Chuck likes to call me the growth hacker. I kind of like that one, too. Um, But I do a lot of the the behind-the-scenes stuff. So where you're pretty front-facing with the content and Kia with uh, the members, I do, I'm mainly behind the scenes making sure all the technical stuff gets tied together. So some of that is making sure our databases are uh, organized and talking to each other. Some of that is uh, technical issues of the website. And I do a lot of uh, data analysis to look at the numbers and see how we can make tweaks uh, to improve what we're doing. And you're super good at that. Oh, thank you. So what what does your life look like outside of Strong Towns? My life outside of Strong Towns at the moment, I'm uh, I'm in a limbo of sorts, but an exciting one. I am currently gearing up. I live in San Diego, California, and it's nice and sunny, and I'm done with it. I don't like the nice sunny weather. I'm an East Coaster at heart. And so I will be moving to Philadelphia, hopefully next month. Uh, so that's been uh, occupying most of my time and energy lately. Got it. Well, since I've known you, which has only been like a year and a half, two years, you've already lived in two different places. You used <laughs> to be in, what was it, a small town in North Carolina? Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you a little more. So the last five years... I went from New York to Sacramento to Los Angeles to New York briefly to uh, work on a farm to the Outer Banks, North Carolina, which uh, I was for a year and a half, which is a lovely tourist town. And then from there, San Diego and now Philly. And I'm hoping Philly sticks. I kind of like that I've been uh, a rolling stone, but I'm looking forward to like calling a place my own for a bit longer. Yeah, you've been like coast hopping, nomad. Yeah, life. I've sort of been I've sort of been searching. I I've been running, I guess, a bit and now I'm uh, I'm ready to run towards something. I've wanted to be in Philadelphia for a long time. I think it's a a lovely city. I know many people would disagree with me there, but I think it's got great old bones, a lot of great heart, um and a lot of good people that I know that I'm excited to to be near. So what uh, draws you there specifically, just like friends and? Um, well, in, term, in terms of the city itself, I'll tell you exactly when I fell in love with it. Yeah. Um, and that was the city so, of brotherly love. The city of brotherly <laughs> love. So I went to graduate school and studied city planning at Rutgers in New Brunswick, New, Brunswick, New Jersey. And my building that I was in, for, it was the planning and policy department on one side and it was the uh, fine art department on the other side, Mason Gross uh, School of Art. 
and there was so little interaction between them. And incidentally, my sister, an, an artist, a muralist who's entered the city planning world, who you've spoken with and has yeah. been on the podcast, um, she went to Mason Gris. So she was in the same building I was for grad school. But so when I was there, they had for the first time ever a class with both. And it was called Art and City Design. It was taught by Andrew Zitzer, who I believe is working at Drexel now in Philadelphia. And one thing we did was took a field trip to Philadelphia to look at all the public art. And that that was the day I fell in love. That's when I was like, oh, this I want to I want to be here. And that was like five years ago. And I forgot. And I went to all these other places and I'm still like, oh, right. That's where I want to be. So have you uh, figured out like when you're moving and what the. Where are you going to live? Oh, no, all that? that's because... all up in the air. Okay. That's what that's my, my latest anxiety is trying to figure those out. But I'm trying to find someone to take my room, find a place out there. Um, but I got a, got a lot of good people helping me out. So um, it'll all get done. Do you have your belongings like very pared down as a result of all these moves? Yes, yes. Like I you have, have like one mattress or something. To my name, zero mattresses. All right. <laughs> um, Impressive. Well, I have one mattress, but it hasn't traveled with me. So I found on, I did this in North Carolina, some, you can get like cheap foam mattresses for like 150 bucks on online uh, that are really nice and comfortable. So that's been sort of my go-to for like a temporary, I'm going to live somewhere for six months kind of mattress. And that works for me. I do have a sort of Spartan lifestyle in that regard. And we'll just uh, pack all my stuff, throw it in my car. Uh, I'm going to fit my scooter back in there and uh, and just drive across the country. Then, you know, once I get settled, get some furniture. Okay, so this is another interesting thing about you is that you are a scooter person. How did I am that very much a scooter happen? person. And for people listening, this is not... This is not like the little razor scooters that kids use. This is like a motorized. No, it's like scooter. a yes, like a, a 49cc. I have a Yamaha C cubed. It is cherry red. It is the love of my life, and its name is Ruby J. Um, and it it happened by necessity. So when I moved to the Outer Banks, North Carolina, um, I did not own a vehicle. And I needed one and money was tight. I, I couldn't afford a car at the time. And it's a nice, it's lovely beach town, flat, straight roads. So there are a lot of scooters in the area. And so I bought, found on Craigslist, best 800 bucks I ever spent on this scooter. Um, and I, I really fell in love with it. I have, uh, I've been a cyclist for most of my life and to have sort of the next level of motor motorized version that that can you know get me a bit further a bit faster um but still yeah i think i spent um i'd spend about i'd ride it every day and i'd spend about uh eight bucks a month on gas wow or less that's awesome yeah yeah now i have a toyota forerunner so i spend fifty dollars just to fill that up in san diego Ugh, uh yeah yeah, so I, I really enjoyed this this scooter. It's uh, it can be tough in the winter, but I had all my layers and my leather jacket. Um, but in nice weather, nothing better. Can't recommend it enough. But you're ready to move to a colder climate now. Um. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll get summertime first, but 
I, I am. I do. I do miss the winter. I especially miss the fall in the Northeast, the kind of breezy, rainy leaves changing. Um, I really enjoy that season. I haven't gotten to see it in some time. Sweet. Well, I hope everything works out. I'm sure it will. Thank you. Uh, for our listeners, I want to highlight some upcoming events. This is a really busy season for us. So on, uh, well, when this, uh, when this podcast runs, it'll be today, Monday, April 30th. Um, we've got a uh, celebrity edition of Ask Strong Towns with Joe Minicozzi. Um, that should be an awesome webcast, and that's open to all members. Then we have two events happening also this week. Uh, Tuesday, May 1st, Chuck is in Wichita, Kansas. And then on Thursday, May 3rd, Chuck is in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Those are both public events. Should be really good. And then the following week, um, Chuck is spending a couple days in Peoria with multiple public events. So lots of cool ways to engage if you are in any of those areas. Uh, Check out our events page for all that info. So, Max, have you been reading or watching or listening to anything interesting lately? I've been reading some really great stuff lately. Such as? Such as. So Chuck actually gave me a book um, that I very much enjoyed, and it's called A Paradise Built in Hell, The Extraordinary Communities That Arise in Disaster, and that is by Rebecca Solness. Okay. And he got me that because Chuck knows that I am an anarchist. And he told me he didn't quite grasp sort of that that philosophy so well until he read this book and it's very different than what people might think when um when they hear the word anarchist i think a lot of people have certain ideas about what that means that aren't necessarily accurate um and sort of her philosophy she looks at various disasters throughout history natural and man-made she looks at um earthquake up in uh, san francisco she does hurricane katrina There was an awful explosion in Halifax at the beginning of the uh, 20th century. And in all these instances, there's there can be this fear that there will be rioting, there will be looting, there will be, you know, all these problems of people that need to be sort of addressed by like a, a top down approach by the government. And what she found is that that is categorically not the case, that these people who deal with these really, really horrible, like entire communities or even cities being completely, uh, you know, wiped out or devastated, that these people come together on their own volition uh, to help one another to build support systems, uh, whether it be food pantries or shelters or things like that, Um that really goes against this idea that we need to face these with a a top-down approach. And she gets deeper into sort of how this theory, what this can tell us about how we can live in general, that we don't need to wait for a disaster to to require our communities to, to build these wonderful things from the ground up, but that we can change sort of the structure of our societies to do that now, that we should embrace that more. Um, and it's a fa- fantastic read. Again, that's A Paradise Built in Hell by Rebecca Solness. Can't recommend it enough. Cool. Well, thanks for that recommendation. Oh, and I have another book that I'd love to to briefly discuss, and that is I've been on a bit of a self-help kick, and I'm, I'm reading 
How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Yeah, I totally have that which, on my shelf, but I've never yeah, read it. Yeah, it's the kind of book I've heard about for a million years, and I was one of the people that was like, that's a dumb title. That sounds like, like, it sounds selfish, it sounds self-centered, um, but a friend recommended, like, no, really check it out. It's not probably what you're thinking, and it is, it's very, it's very much about sort of recognizing it's about understanding others when we communicate with them understanding what the people in our lives what they want and how they act and so it's it's very much about sort of compassion and understanding and say if someone does something mean-spirited to you mm-hmm. uh, to try to recognize where they're coming from and not and not just lash out back at them things like that um, and the reason I bring it up here, is because I also think it's fascinating. Here's something we've discussed uh, internally as a staff quite a bit is sort of the problems with communication uh, on the Internet with various uh, political groups, you know, the sort of tribalist thing I think we all know about on Facebook. We've got this group shouting at that group and that group shouting at the other one. Yeah. And and everyone's kind of frustrated and angry and nothing. And we all just dig deeper into these trenches and I really think these sort of ideas um, from Dale Carnegie's book that work, you know, were designed on like sort of a one-on-one level also could apply greatly to sort of how we communicate broadly as mm-hmm. people. And I think so I think there are lessons on a large scale for how we communicate within our neighborhoods or online or with different people with different viewpoints than us. Um to try to to try to work towards something that's mutually beneficial for all these people and to recognize that even if someone has different ideas than us or gets really angry and says mean things online that that's not necessarily um rooted that that doesn't mean that like it's impossible for us to work things out and come together uh various groups and try to build build things uh more collectively interesting might have to pick that back up off my shelf. That's a good recommendation. Um, yeah, check it out. I've been watching a show that I've seen a lot of people talking about, so I was like, all right, I better start watching it. Uh, it's a Netflix documentary series called A Wild, Wild Country. I don't know. Have you like seen that pop up on Netflix? Um, I have, but I don't know what it is. It's about uh, the followers of an Indian guru, Uh, named Bhagwan Rajneesh, and this all took place in the 70s and 80s. No, the 80s really is when it got kind of heated. They basically like bought up a huge plot of land in Oregon and tried to like build a community there, and unsurprisingly, uh, not everyone around them was super uh, in favor of that, and so there were like a lot of clashes, and I'm only a few episodes in, but it's, it's really well done. It's interesting. As a student of religion, I'm always fascinated by these sorts of things. So, And in fact, there's a lot of like urban planning and land use stuff, so I'm thinking I might write about it once really? I finish the series. Yeah. Right, oh, because it, it was kind of this whole whole group kind of like they infiltrated built a this city area. From the ground up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah that so does sound fascinating of, like, and certainly has local some good implications. Stuff. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, Max. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Take care. Bye. All right. You too. Bye. We need your help. If you think the Strong Town's message is important, don't keep it to yourself. 
pass it on. You can get more information and sign up to be a member of Strong Towns at strongtowns.org.